0: Welcome to the Christian History Podcast, Volume 2, Chapter 8, Episode 21. In the last episode, I covered a long list of lesser known and relatively unknown places found in the Book of Judges. I'll save you the recounting of all of those. I also dove into Horma, Tanuk, and Dor. If you missed that episode, you should really go back and give it a listen. This week, I'm picking up where I left off, with Olab, and pressing forward. And with that, let's get started. But before that, a quick programming note. Over the past several days, I've been recovering from the newest variant, the latest endemic pathogen. While the severely impairing symptoms passed relatively quickly, the fatigue has not. Add to that missing a couple days of work, and I'm behind on everything but I've never missed a weekly publication It wasn't going to let a global pandemic change that, especially two years in. Nonetheless, something had to give. So, this episode is quite likely the shortest in nearly six years of podcasting. The episodes will resume at their normal close to half hour length when my energy returns. I'm sure you understand. And with that programming note done, onward to Olab. Judges 1 mentions that Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akko, or the inhabitants of Sidon, or of Alab, or Akzib, among other places. This is the only place Alab is mentioned in the entirety of the biblical text, and that would normally be it for the place. But there are a few things in the outside record worth mentioning, including a major New Testament character. Alab is believed to be a small town, now known as Jish. This place is located in the Upper Galilee region, on the northeastern slopes of Mount Moron, the tallest mountain in the region. It's in the northern portion of the modern country of Israel. In the past, it was possibly known as Gizkala and Halav, the latter name being the Hebrew phrase that translates to, lump of milk wait, lumpy milk? That itself is possibly a reference to the production of cheese. Which, when you combine it with the fact that the region has been known for cheese production going back at least as far as the early Middle Ages, that also makes good sense. Besides dairy, the area has proved fertile for numerous other agricultural products. More on that in a minute. There is an alternate theory around the Hebrew meaning of the name Gush Halav, and that's that it refers to the light color of the local limestone, which contrasts with the dark reddish rock of a neighboring village. Archaeologists estimate that Alab was first settled as late as around 3,000 years ago, placing it roughly about the same time as the mention in Judges. Though, there is archaeological evidence that dates as far back as the early Bronze Age and into the Iron Age, so before the rearrival of the Israelites. The Mishnah, the first written collection of Jewish oral tradition, and dating to about the 3rd century AD, claimed that the city had been walled since the time of Joshua ben Nun. Their name for the leader we simply refer to as Joshua the Old Testament minor prophet Joel, is said to be entombed in the town. Uncovered artifacts from the city include coinage which show an economic connection to the nearby coastal city of Tyre. On the western slope of the city, a mausoleum has been excavated. Inside were stone sarcophagi, similar to those seen at the large Jewish catacomb at the nearby Beit Shira. The inner part of the mausoleum contained ten stone-hewn burial niches, known in Hebrew as Kokim. Also inside the mausoleum were several skeletons, oil lamps, and a glass bottle dating to the 4th century AD. So, not as ancient as they could have been, but still old. Josephus, along with later Jewish sources, would note that the town was known for its fine olive oil. The Talmud would record the production of silk in the village. One of the more well-known residents was Eliezer Simeon, a 2nd century AD Jewish scholar who's known for many things, including legendary strength. and may get to what else is known about him in the future, but that's a ways off, well after the New Testament period. Joseph Estridan, a 4th century Christian priest and historian, recorded that the Apostle Paul's parents lived in a place known as Gizalus in Judea, which is thought by many to be the same place. Shortly after Paul, during the first Jewish revolt, so between 66 and 73 AD, the town would become among the last places in Galilee and Golan to fall to the Romans, possibly due to its formidable walls. Underneath the ancient remains of the city were found a network of secret caves and passageways, frequently located under private homes. These are thought to date to the revolt period and are remarkably similar to hideouts in the Judean lowlands used during the slightly later bar Kokobo revolt. It was during this first revolt that the town was home to John of Gisela, a wealthy olive oil merchant who became a chief commander in the Jewish revolt in Galilee and later Jerusalem. Initially known as a moderate, John changed his stance when Roman General Titus arrived at the gates of the town, accompanied by 1,000 horsemen, and demanded the town's surrender. All of this culminated with the Romans destroying the revolting Jewish population and burning the temple. There is an ancient synagogue in the village that appears to have gone through several construction and destruction phases in its existence, including being destroyed by a 6th century AD earthquake. Christian artifacts from the Byzantine period also have been found at the site. The town would become known as Jish in the Middle Ages, a time when it was also described as being a large Jewish village. Though, the use of the word large seems relative, as it was said to have had about 20 Jewish residents in 1172. During the Ottoman Empire, their tax records show 71 households and 20 bachelors. I think this is the first instance I've run across of that term being used in census counts. The same records show taxes paid for goats and beehives. Though, curiously, most taxes were of a fixed sort and not variable based on agricultural production. In the 17th century, a Turkish traveler noted the village had grown to 100 houses which included Druze residents. The Galilee earthquake of 1837 caused widespread destruction and over 200 deaths. A few weeks after the trembler, a large gash in the earth's crust was noted in the village. A scar that ran about 50 feet and a foot wide, so about 15 meters long and not quite half a meter wide. I could find no source on how deep this mark was. The damage from the quake wasn't limited to the village, as nearly every place in Galilee sustained substantial damage of one sort or another. But the site at Alab apparently made it more vulnerable, having been built atop fill with soft bedrock making it more susceptible to landslides, likely not limited to this particular earthquake. It's believed that this event left no standing houses in the town. It even destroyed the church and the city's walls. But that wasn't the end for the town. By the end of the 19th century, Jish was described as a well-built village of good masonry, With about 600 Christian and 200 Muslim residents. In a few years, the population had grown to nearly 2,000, likely owing to agricultural resources. But that seems to be the peak, as the headcount dwindled during the British Mandate era, usually hovering in the neighborhood of 1,000. Israeli forces would capture the town from the Syrians during the 1948 Arab Israeli War. With the capture, Many of the Muslim residents fled the Lebanon. Nature abhorring a vacuum and all. The backfill would come from Christians from a nearby town. Many of these Christian families remained in the village through today. One last thing. Jish is known today for its efforts to revive Aramaic as a living language. In 2011, the Israeli Ministry of Education approved a program to teach the language in the town's elementary schools. Recall that while the New Testament was recorded in Greek, a vestige of Alexander the Great, Jesus spoke Aramaic. And that's the town of Alab, a.k.a. Jish, which provides me with a good stopping point for this week's episode. Join me next week when I'll continue pushing through the Book of Judges you don't want to miss it. Comments and questions can be sent to comments at christianhistorypodcast.com. As always, you can find information about the podcast on the internet at christianhistorypodcast.com. This week, help others to find the podcast by leaving a positive review on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast from. You can find the Facebook page by searching the phrase Christian History Podcast as three separate words. Once there, be sure to like the page so that it's easier to find later. Finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe so you get the episodes as soon as they are released and you don't miss out. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.